Then we're going to go right into this word. Amen. Heavenly and gracious God, I come before you once again with thanksgiving in my heart, oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, Lord God, that you have granted your servant, Lord God, that I might come before the people of God, that I might bring a message, Lord God, that might touch a life, Lord God, that might heal a heart, Lord God, that may even have someone one say, what must I do to be saved? So God, I know that it's not me that does all of these things, Lord God, but it is you, the spirit of the living God inside of me. So God, I yield to the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Now have your way in this servant, Lord God. Use me for your glory that I might not sin against you. Teach me your ways, O God, that I might follow you. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Sister Henrietta, I gotta say, she got up here and she was all in my sermon. I started to say, well, I was going to get up here and give you a scripture, and I was going to sit down and say, you got the sermon a few minutes ago. Praise be to God. Let's eat. But I just want to say that you know that the spirit of God is in it when someone uses the very same scripture that God has placed in your spirit. God doesn't do anything by accident. He's always on time. Amen. And I want y'all to do one more thing. I know it's a Saturday afternoon. Amen. And most times on Sundays by now, y'all would be up shouting. So I want y'all to do one thing. I want you to put your hands together for the Lord one more time. Because the thing about this is this is all God and it's all good. Amen. It's all God and it's all good. Whether we come in here on Sunday morning or Saturday afternoon, we're serving the same God. Hallelujah. And we're going to praise him. We're going to worship him because he and he alone deserves our praise and our worship. Amen. Let's not get tired on God. He never gets tired. My God, if God listened to half of us all the time, oh my Lord Jesus. Come on, we cry, we complain, we do a lot. But I want to go into Matthew, the 28th chapter, amen, the 19th and the 20th verse, the same verses in which my sister had given. And it says, therefore, I'm reading from the New International, well, actually, this is the New Living Translation that I pulled from today. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey, I want y'all to stay on that one, all the commands I have given you and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age amen so I just want to use for just a brief title I said it already teach me your ways so looking around, amen, and as we look at the news and we've heard of all of these tragedies and everything that's going on, we just yesterday heard about the Alaska earthquake, amen. We've already experienced all the fires going on in California, all around the world. We hear about hurricanes and all of these things, tsunamis, all of the things that the word of God has already told us. These things are going to occur. But as I look around and just think about South Philly alone, because right now I work in the homicide unit, amen, and what I find out is we had three over 305 homicides amen in the city of philadelphia so there is tragedy and calamity all around us amen and then i have to go and think about the leadership of the nation right here we have to think about a president that's 72 years old and i believe that he is truly an egotistical maniac y'all got to forgive me but i'm gonna tell the truth and shame the devil I believe the man has some mental health issues that we just need to make sure that he gets them resolved because right now he is not doing well by a nation that was built on a firm foundation that is the biblical basis of the nation. He's doing everything he can, hallelujah, to do it his way, but that just lets us know that we are Christians and it's time for us to wake up. 
commission that we were just speaking of in our scripture, amen, it says that Jesus commanded his followers to do what? To go therefore and make disciples, amen? So every Christian in this house, every one of us who have accepted God, God has given us a gift. And in that gifting, somebody already talked about the gifting. In that gifting, we're to use those gifts, amen, to glorify and edify God, amen? So what we have to do, we want to edify the people of God because we know that we all need to know God in the pardon of our sin. Am I right about it? Now, the Bible tells us that we've all done what? Sinning fault comes short of the glory of God. So that means that we need to get to know who this God is. We need to know who Jesus is in the pardon of our sin. So that means we have to take the gifts that God has given us, and a lot of people think they don't have any gifts. But you know why they think that? Because no one has done what you are going to do. No one has discipled them. See, the thing is, people just want to talk to people. You know how we get casual. Hey, how you doing? Everything is okay. What's going on? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have a nice day. Amen. And then the funny thing about it is sometimes we get in our churches, amen, and we get very comfortable. Because now, don't forget now, I, I respect and honor all of the elders of the house, amen. My grandmothers and, and, and the great-grandmothers and all of the ones who taught us how to be women of God. Also, who nurtured the men to teach them how to be men of God. Believe it or not, women can do that sometimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, because some, some of us had to raise some of them, some young men alone, amen? So we had to instill in them the things that maybe our fathers instilled in us that we could share with them. But then there's a lot of men in the house, too, that we need to get them to mentor some of these young men so they can grow into be good Christian men, amen? So they can know, hallelujah, that there is hope for them, hallelujah, in the midst of all the mess. Come on, somebody. But what we have to do is we have to disciple them. Now, you can't disciple them if you're not talking to them. We want to be the kind of disciples that say good morning and let it go. No, you have to be the kind of disciple that say, boy, if you don't pull them pants up. uh, You're not coming in this house looking like that. I know Jesus said, what they said, come as you are. You're not coming in here like that. Come on, somebody. We have to train up our young women, amen, that you have to dress appropriately. Amen. Nobody needs to know all of your business. We have to disciple them. and we, In other words, we have to talk to them and we have to teach them. See, Jesus didn't just send them out and say, go and do your thing. Do what you want to do. Tell them the way you want to tell them. He taught them. And I remember a lot of people, a lot of times you got to think about when Jesus was speaking, amen, he talked to them on the right level. We want to get technical. I got a PhD girl. I can. <laughs> Nobody want to know your dissertation. Your dissertation is not going to get anybody into heaven. Come on, somebody. So I don't want us to get it twisted because the thing is, is Jesus gave us a command. And his command was to do these things. He said, first of all, I want to point out this first part. It says, go and make. Two words that I like, go and make. Make what? Disciples. He said, not go and make yourself an apostle. Not go and look down on somebody because they have not yet arrived because you have not either. Not to go and elevate yourself because you think you done got big and bad because you think you know about five good scriptures and because you memorized them, amen. That you smarter than the average bear. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Because what he did is once you begin to learn the word of God, ladies, and I'm speaking to everybody in here, but I really want to direct this to you. Now that God has equipped you, you are accountable. See, God ain't playing with us no more. 
Because we got enough people that's running around with titles. I don't even know what the heck those titles mean anymore. Everybody want to be something. Listen, I know I went to one church. She was apostle one week. Next day, she was the chief apostle. That's said, good God Almighty. She was elevated in a week. Didn't know no more that week than she knew the week before. Come on, somebody, because when God calls you, amen, he's calling you as a servant. He's not calling you to stand up and be everything that you got to be the one that's in the, 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 I got to be on the top. Come on, somebody. Because if you know who you are in Christ, you are already somebody. People kill me with that. Got titles. They don't even know what it means. Somebody done told them. Girl, I believe God called you. If God didn't tell you, he sure haven't. He ain't wasting time to tell somebody else or tell them something he has not revealed to you. Come on, somebody. So if he didn't tell you that you were called to do something yet, wait and pray. Because when he lets you know, then you move. But if you move before God, you headed for the danger zone. Instead of making disciples, you're going to make a mess. That's what you're going to do. Come on, somebody. Let's be real here. See, I, I don't play the thing with God. I talk real talk. Because, look, I've been there, done that. All right. He said go. In other words, when he tells us to go, that implies that we have to make a move. And it, it, it means a movement of some kind, a physical or a mental movement. And then he says to make. That means to make something to come about or to bring about, which could mean a change or to stir something up. So God is telling you right now because he's teaching you these things. He allowed you. See, the thing is, is God allowed you to be in a class that you were in. God allowed you to even go through some of the stuff that you had to go through so you could be stronger in your walk. Because the thing is, if you have not been through anything, ain't no need you talking to anybody else. People preach to you and say, I never did that before when you sit on down. I have gone through some battles and some challenges, some trials and some tribulations. Yes, I wasn't always saved. Let's put it that I was doing my thing, didn't realize that God had a thing, didn't even care at that time, amen. But the thing is, is somebody, somebody began to pray for me, and then somebody began to let me know that I needed Jesus in my life if I wanted a change in my life, and then they were able to sit me down and begin to minister to me in ways that a lot of people couldn't do. In other words, don't talk to me in all of the terms that I don't understand. Speak to me in plain English that I might be able to get it, so that way, when I'm going through when I'm going through something then I can get a prayer through see Jesus is not worrying about the words that I say he's worrying about the sincerity of my heart God has called you all to to go and to move to stir something up that's why you're sitting here. A lot of people will start out with you, but they don't always stay with you. This is where pastors have trouble. I want y'all to know this. I ain't supposed to be saying this part. I'm going to say it because let me tell you something. A lot of pastors, and I speak for myself, I wanted a lot of people to go with me when I was going. God had to teach me that everybody is not supposed to go where you're going. 
This is for you ladies. If God calls you into a ministry or to begin a ministry or to start a ministry, the first thing that we do, because women can't even go to the bathroom by themselves. Go figure. Men, don't y'all laugh about that. That's true. Talking about how come if six of y'all had to go to the bathroom, only one have to go? But see, what happens with women, amen, we like the group thing. We love to talk. We like to have people that we can rely on and depend on, amen. So we begin to depend on one another, amen. And then we, God will bring people around us, amen, that seem like they're supposed to be there to stay. Everybody is there in your life is sometimes only there for a season. So when you're going, when you're going and making... You just make sure you're not worrying about a hallelujah. If Susan is gone, if Jackie is gone, if Janie is gone, you just do what God told you to do. And he will bring the people around you that needs to be there in order to assist you in your journey. And that brings me to another point. Everybody is not meant to lead. Some of us are called to help. So what you have to do is you have to begin to ask God what your position is in that particular time or that particular ministry or in that particular space. Because sometimes God will call you to lead. Other times he will call you to follow. And other times he'll just call you to sit back. So in your new journey, because don't forget, this is really a new journey. See, you said yes, and God got you through the study part. Now God is already saying, now that you're accountable, that means you have to do something with what God has taught you through your instructors. See, your instructors are doing what they're supposed to do, and they're teaching. They're showing you, they're leading, they're mentoring you. But you're supposed to receive these things, and once you receive all of that, then you're able to do what? Follow. This is making disciples. So thank y'all for being the disciples, amen? And then we have to look about look at, at the next verse because I, I love how, how God works this out. The next thing, he, and look, God has already equipped you. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. He's given you the tools that you need for this part of your journey. Now, there's going to be another part of your journey later on. Everybody in here, right? You just don't stay in the same place. If you stay in the same place, there's something wrong. If there's no movement in your life in God, there is something wrong. But see, don't start looking at the preachers. Don't start looking at the teachers. Start looking at yourself. Because it's sometimes we get stubborn and we get so comfortable in what God has us to do. I'm just satisfied being where I am. I'm always going to be right here. This is my place and no one will move me from this place because this is the place God would have me to be. And I don't care what they do there. I'm not going to move me. I'm like a tree planted by the river of water. I shall not be moved. sick of that you know why you're still stuck in that place because you're too scared to go where you need to be going you're too afraid amen and the thing is that sometimes you got to get out of that fear factor God is trying to take you to do something else greater but you want to be stuck doing what you're doing right now and let me tell you something God is a God of movement talk about the Holy Spirit they say the wind just stay still the wind blow so I see sister's wings. That, and some of us like this. That's not where God has us. We have to move out the way. The next step, God says that you have to do what? You have to teach them to obey. God called you to take a lead. In the classroom, there were instructors in the world. And in the world, there are also instructors. But they are instructed to teach us how to become more like Jesus. 
Not more like the human beings that we're around every day. Because if some people were like us, we would not like them. Think about what I just said. If some folk were like us, and these are the ones that we talk about, to tell you the truth. And really, it's like a mirror image of your stuff. And we don't like them because <laughs> we quick not to like folk, right? I don't like them because that means you need to look in the mirror and check yourself. It might be some things in them that you're seeing that's just like your stuff. Come on, somebody. Amen. And then, then we have to think about it because he says he, he, he wants us to obey. So the teacher, hallelujah, which is Jesus, wants us to obey. He wants us to teach them how to obey the word of God. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands we're supposed to love our neighbor but we're supposed to love God first see what happens is sometimes we can talk about how much we love God but in loving God we have to recognize that loving God sometimes look we can go through some stuff and the first thing we do is we get mad at God and we blame God for everything it's your fault I didn't get the raise where were you when I did that show God is always there the thing is he's always there but we have to love our God enough to say, I'm going to go forth and do whatever it is that God would have me to do in this season of my life. Because this is not about us as individuals, but it's really about building the kingdom of God. How can we love God and not love the people of God? How can we love God and not love the service that God has called us to? How can we love God and every time somebody make us mad in the church, we decide we ain't coming no more? quitting the church I don't like none of them they all get on my nerve and then we stay away for about a month now the whole month that you've been away you think things are going to stop and stand still because you're not here I'm sorry to disappoint you but things will continue to go on according to the will of God it doesn't matter who's standing in the pulpit. It doesn't matter who's singing on the choir. It doesn't matter who's cooking in the kitchen. It doesn't matter who's serving on the usher board. God's program is always going to be forward moving with or without you. So when y'all get your little ministry stuff together, come on now. And we start doing our program, and it start off with 25 people, and they seem like they're all on fire and doing the right thing, and everybody's excited. And then six weeks later, you got three. Work with the three that God has blessed you with. This, is, this came from T.D. Jakes. My daughter had to send it to me on, on Facebook one day. And I remember he said, if they're going to walk away, let them go. Let them go. Use the three that God has given you. Let make sure that's the three that love God and look won't mind getting up and crying with you. That won't mind getting up helping you to do God's will. Well, know their position. Will have already prayed about it and let God instruct them to do what's necessary to propel the ministry in the direction in which it could go. Because if you stay and get the stragglers and try to get them back, all they're gonna do is set you back. They're 
going to set you back. And then you got to start all over again. Then you find yourself starting all over again. Five years now, you're still in the same place, starting the same ministry all over again. Come on, somebody, and give me an amen. Hmm. Jesus is absolutely concerned about us. And he wants us to do more to participate in the good works that he has given us to do. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to come up to a higher height and a deeper depth and to be more like him. And when we are truly obedient to God, then we become to have a personal and intimate relationship with him that allows us to know the will of God. In other words, you are talking to him. You are walking with him. You are praying. They said without ceasing. Now, I know that you can't pray 24-7, but every time you think about the Lord or you think about something, begin to just drop your, your open up your mouth wave your hand you don't have to get loud at work you can say it in your spirit amen god is a god that's everywhere he'll hear your plea he'll hear your prayer he'll hear you and he'll come and check on you we want to be more like jesus that's what we want to be and i thought about this i said listen if you think about the trees a bad tree can only produce bad fruit but a good tree produces good fruit bad tree may not even produce any fruit so in other words you have to establish your relationship and the bible says that he said to teach them to obey and the only way that we can move forward in god is to be obedient to his will but first of all, we have to know what God's will is for our lives. That means that we have to have an intimate relationship, an intimate partnership with God. Amen. Being obedient to God is not the same thing as sticking to the speed limit because what? You'll get a fine if you disobey the speed limit. But I'm not going to talk about what you're going to get when you disobey the spirit of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, give a hand praise on that. Hallelujah. We have to take the, the word of God into our hearts. And when we make the transition from the calling that God is teaching us to have or giving us on our lives to be greater Christians, better, greater people to serve him in the work of the kingdom. You know, the funny thing about it, we know that there are so many unsaved people out here in the world, but we're not able to reach them. You know why? Because we want to reach them with the same old crazy tactics and stuff. You know, in other words, you got to be able to get down and dirty with people. You got to be able to get down. You know what I mean? You got to be the boots on the ground. You got to be somebody that can talk to people that's not afraid to go out and say, and let me tell you where God has brought me from. The thing is, is your testimony is more powerful than you will ever know. But if you don't begin to tell people your testimony, how are they going to know how good God has been, hallelujah, to you? How are we going to know that God cured your cancer, amen? How do we know that your, your cancer is in remission, amen? That's a good God. That means God is working it out, amen? God can touch every part of your life. But how will people know if we are afraid to open up our mouth? God is there through your sorrows, your joys, your pain. He's always there. But God wants you to share that testimony. We all have a testimony. We all have some things. Yeah, you know how we think about, yeah, this is hidden. Things are not hidden from God. But sometimes God allows us to have testimonies that we can share with the world. So people will know, listen, none of us are perfect. We've made mistakes. We've, made, we've done some things or said some things that hurt people to the core. I know I have. 
But at least I'm able to be truthful and honest with people when I talk to them. See, I don't have to play the phony role because that's not going to get me anywhere. But I can tell you, yes, I was sitting in the bar not too long ago. A few years back, you wouldn't catch me in here on a Saturday. I had places to go and people to see. The party didn't start till I got there and didn't end till I left. Come on, yeah, what y'all, I'm sorry, I'm in the house with super saints. Well, I'm not one of them. There's some things that I'm not pleased with, but I know one thing about it. God is a way maker. God turned my life around, hallelujah, scared me. Look, I remember the day that I finally fell on my knees and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I need help. Come, here I am. Come get me. I cried out so hard. Listen here. Look, I was crying so hard. I was laying beside the bathtub. I couldn't even get up. I laid on the mat and it looked like I had just showered. I cried so hard. But when I cried out, God reached down and delivered me. And I'm what? I'm not going to tell somebody how good he's been. I'd be a fool not to tell him how good God's been to me. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. And the last thing I want to share with you, and this is all out of that scripture, says, be sure of this, that I am with you. Fear is one of Satan's most popular weapons. He uses this weapon against us constantly. The most common lie that Satan will ever tell is to instill the fear in our heart that God is not with us. The presence of bad times is usually the greatest persuasion of God's absence. Mm -hmm. As soon as we go through bad times, we feel like God is not there. But remember that various times in the Bible, God was there even in the midst of the wars, the famines, the floods, and the storms. God is always with us and promises us that he would never, ever leave or forsake us. You have to stand on that word when nobody else is standing. You better stand on that word. I don't care what anybody, listen, it may feel like you all by yourself. And as much as you cry out, don't forget God is working things out in the spirit realm. And God doesn't have to get your permission to do what he does. But God, when he is doing it, he's working it out in a way, amen, that's going to be best for us. Because a lot of times we want to press forward and have things done in the time that we have designated for it to happen. And then we wonder why things fall apart so easily. Because it is not the time that God had allotted for this particular thing to happen. But the thing is, and here is the enemy whispering in your ear, telling you that God is not even in it, that he's not even around that he doesn't even care about you and you know what we do we fall for it and we faint we faint and we never get to the place that God has for us Mm. come on somebody y'all know that's the truth you have to wait be patient with God Know that, yes, when you're beginning new endeavors in your life, the human nature is to be afraid. It's new. We've never done it. It's never happened like this before. I don't know what I'm getting into, but I feel like God called me to do it. And now what I have to do is I'm sweating in the middle of the night. I am suffering from the anxiety because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm starting to feel like maybe God has abandoned me and maybe my imagination 
told me that I was to do this thing. Well, I came to tell you that is the biggest weapon of the enemy to stop the progress of God moving in your life. The devil will block you at every corner. He will have you thinking nobody likes you. Nobody's going to help you. That when you were hearing from God, you didn't hear from God. That was your own imagination. He will have you thinking the craziest things, but you have to just be sure that you know, that you know, that you know. And when you're in a relationship with God, you're going to know that it was God, but you have to stay the course. Come on, somebody. You have to stay the course. You have to stay the course. We have to remind ourselves constantly that God's word promises us that when it comes to him, he's always going to be present in our lives. The Bible says in Joshua 1, 9, I have not commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. Be sure. Because he says, I am with you. This is for the, I know I'm I'm supposed to be preaching to encourage you, but this is a word that should encourage everybody in the house. Seriously, be sure. Because God already promised that he wouldn't leave you. He promised that he wouldn't forsake you. He promised that he would be with you to what? To the end of the earth. So in other words, we don't have anything to fear because God is with you. God is the one who is orchestrating all of the things of your life. If you ever look at a pattern and the design of the pattern, God has designed the pattern for each and every one of you as individuals. Amen. Your paths may cross in the pattern, but he did not call you to the exact same thing at the exact same time. He did not make you to be like anybody else other than himself. He has called you to do a great and mighty work for the building up of his kingdom here on earth. You are individually and wonderfully made by the power of God through his own hand. So all of the things that God has instilled in you, somebody say what God has for me is for me. You got to believe that because there is nothing that God called you to that he is not going to bring into fruition If you trust him, if you believe him, if you move forward with him, if you praise him, if you worship him, if you honor him, and if you know that you know that you are on the right track, then you will serve him into the best of your ability. Don't worry about who's going to go with you. If no one goes but yourself, go by yourself. Because I'm going to tell you what, on the day of judgment, they're not going to be standing up there with you when God asks you, why did you not do what I told you to do, daughter? Why did you not do what I called you? to do son why would you not use the gift that I blessed you with I gave you the gift but you refused to open and use it God is calling us to a time such as this a season such as this 
And the word of God in Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not just to somebody you like today. Because if we do that, we will not be preaching. He said to every Now, that's a word. Teach me your ways. Teach us your ways, God. And I'll follow you. Teach us your ways, oh God. Follow you. Your scripture was Psalm 119, 103 to 105. And it says, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder why I hate every false way of life. Your word, not the word of man, not the word of your neighbor, not the word of your friends, but God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Jesus wants to teach you his ways. And in him teaching you, all that you have studied for, all that you have learned has equipped you for this portion of the journey. But there's more to come. He wants to teach you his ways. All of the word of God points to Jesus. He's the first and the last. The beginning and the end. He's the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He's the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, always is, and always will be. He's unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. And the leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age can't replace him. And Oprah can't explain him. He is a light. He is love. He is longevity. He is Lord. He is goodness. He is kindness. He is gentleness. And he is God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is mighty. And he is powerful and pure. He was always right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. And his mind is on me. He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my guide. And he is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. And he rules my life. I give to you today, um, Jesus. Jesus, the one who died for our sin. The one that didn't
upon the old rugged cross. The one who bore the burden of all of our sin and our transgression. The one that sticks closer than a mother and is closer than our brother. The one who loves us in spite of our shortcomings. The one who looks beyond our faults and sees our needs. The one who answers our prayer. The one who's a way maker and an awesome redeemer. Jesus, the lily of the valley, the bright and the morning star. The one who loves us best and the one who loves us most. Today, I recommend Jesus because I'd rather have him than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than the clothes that I have on my back. I'd rather have him than the warm bed that I sleep in. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. You better give God glory. Because tomorrow's not promised. And if you don't know him, you better ask somebody what Jesus has done for them. Because what he's done for them, he can do for you. But sometimes you got to go in the midnight hour. You got to go and fall on your knees. You got to raise up holy hands and say, God, is it I? Is it I, Lord? Is it I that has forsaken you? For if it is I, I come back with just this plea. Take me back. Take me back to the place called Calvary. Give him glory. Give him glory. And give him praise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.